Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, amen, church. You can be seated. We're so thankful that you came to be with us today. And if you've been with us the last two weeks, uh, we've been going through a series of words, Advent words, and we've gone through love and peace. And today is one of my favorite words, joy. And I say that it's one of my favorite words just because it's hard. How hard is it to fight for joy? Uh, it's, it's a battle in each of our lives, but it's such a crucial point for each of, for each of us to discover in our lives what true joy is. Um, and so we're just excited to be able to share this with you. We hope you've enjoyed the testimonies during this time. And so uh, it's, it's, it's my privilege to introduce you to Coleman Janelle. Lots of you have known he's grown up in this church. Uh, he's a college student at Frank Phillips College. He's pitching, uh, playing baseball. And so y'all give it up for Coleman Janelle as he comes forward this morning. Morning, church. This is going to be a lot easier than it was in the first service. Um... So he asked me to speak on joy and my journey through college. So I started looking up and kind of thinking about what joy means to me. And the biblical definition of joy that I found is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness. But the most important part is that it's dependent on who Jesus is rather than who we are or what is happening around us. Uh, Don't leave Jesus out of joy. He's the reason that we have joy today. And so I'm gonna go a little bit off script. In the first service, I talked a little bit about my college experience. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about it now. So I went to college and I didn't really wanna go there anyways and God had other plans, so that's where I ended up going. And I got there and it's just a dark place. Borger, Texas is not Bushland, America at all. Like the high school kids are so sheltered here just because of the, the community and the environment that this church and the parents in this community have raised up. And it's really hard to go from all that to just a depressing town because it really is. And so when I got there, I realized that quickly my faith was going to be tested because how many of you know that the distractions in college are hidden all the time? They're not out there in front of your face. Don't do this. It's pretty easy to get caught up in a bunch of that stuff. And so I knew going into that that I had to be strong and I prayed for discernment from evil. I, I wanted to be no part of that at all. And so I got there and... I thought I was gonna be a light when I first got there and I got there and I was really quiet because nobody was like me at all. And so I started meeting some of these guys and you can just tell that they're lost. There's no joy in their lives at all. And one of these kids, his name's Caleb and he's actually come to church here a couple times in the past weekends. He came down from Lubbock uh, last weekend, drove two and a half hours to come to church. I don't know very many people that'll do that, but he's just so curious and on fire for the Lord right now because when he got there, he didn't know at all. And so, the Lord told me when I first got there that I was supposed to talk to him and tell him the good news. And I was like, surely he knows, you know, you go up in Bushland, America, people that act like hooligans, they still know that they're doing wrong. You know, they just choose to kind of stay on the straight path away. And so I was like, he knows God, I promise he knows. And well, come to find out he didn't know. And so I told him, I was like, God, if you want me to say something, 
make him ask. And many of you know you're not supposed to make deals with the Lord. You're supposed to do what he tells you to do. But Caleb asked anyways. And so long story short, through a bunch of questions and reading every night, it got to the point where I'd get tired and not want to do. We started a Bible study in our dorm. I'd not want to do the Bible study and Caleb coming there at 1230 or 1 in the morning. Hey, are we going to read tonight? It's like, sure, yeah, we're going to read tonight. That's fine. So we'll go read and he'll start reading. It got to the point where Caleb was just doing it on his own and getting to watch the Lord work through that. It had nothing to do with me. That's why I didn't want to share this in the first service because I feel like if sharing this is about me, but in reality, nothing's ever about us anyways. God's just going to use you, you know, as a pawn in his chess game, you know, as long as you listen. And that's the hardest part as believers is to listen to what God wants you to do. So anyways, Caleb ends up accepting the Lord in our dorm room one night. I think it was like 2.30. It's pretty crazy just to watch that happen and you just look back on it now and realize that the Lord has done all this for you and all you had to do is say yes. And it wasn't even me. Some of the stuff I said, he talked to me about the next day and I didn't even remember saying because it wasn't me that was saying it. It was the Lord. The Lord's work worked through Caleb and now he's ended up accepting the Lord. And so that's what joy means to me. Watching all that happens is what brings joy to me. So thank y'all. So before we get back in worship, I think it's so crucial um, for us to just capitalize on top of that. Uh, There is nothing like leading somebody to Christ, is there not? Um, And for Coleman, that was the first experience to see the foundation comes from a great home, comes from a great community. You can tell he's proud of where he comes from, but to get into the middle of darkness and to feel its wrath and to still look back at it and say, God, use me. Man, what a sweet testimony, right? And to get to see joy in the midst of a place that he really didn't want to go. You can ask Coleman. He didn't want to go to Borger, Texas. And God sent him, and he's got a testimony of joy coming out of that. And so as we focus on that word today, here's what we wanted to do. I want you to think about that person you've been passing by. Maybe it's you avoid. Maybe it's an enemy. Maybe it's in your own household. Maybe it's a a worker at the grocery store that you pass by every time and you know God has stirred you towards them for a specific reason. Uh, And maybe you haven't had the courage or the steps of obedience to be able to do that, but there are lost people that God places around us all the time. And a lot of times we just walk away from those things, just like Coleman making a deal with the Lord, like if they come to me, then I'll do something. And you know, it's just like Gideon did. If you'll put something on the fleece, then I'll do it. Sometimes God meets us right at where we're at, even when sometimes those are low expectations, right? But also, I think God places people around us all the time that if we're not willing to share and we're not willing to go to the gates of hell and say, knock and say, Lord, let me, let me in and let me help. Whatever way that it is, there ought to be a desire in us as Christians to see people come to know the Lord. Amen, church? It ought to be on our mind and our hearts. It's the reason we get to take a breath in the morning. It's not so you can just be a great husband, not so you can just be a great father, not so you can just go to your job. The reason you take breath is because you are commissioned by Jesus first. And that's what we should be doing with our breath and with our time and all those things should be wrapped around making a difference for the gospel. And so during this time, let's do this. I want you to think about that person. There's no doubt in my mind everybody has that person, maybe multiple people that you're around that maybe you've avoided or maybe it's just not been, um, you hadn't had the courage to do it. Who is that person that you need to share the gospel with this coming year? 
that you need to start planning yourself. And maybe it's not, I'm gonna share it right off the bat. Maybe it's just relationally connecting with them and allowing God to, to be around um, them with you. Um, and gospel shared in so many different ways. Your life should pose a question to lost people, should it not? It should pose a, it should pose a question. And so think about that person, and here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray and ask the Lord to use the church here in Bushland, Texas, and we're gonna ask the Lord for more people to come to know the Lord than ever out of the congregation for 2022. And that, that does not happen without steps of obedience. I'm telling you, people are more curious about things than they've ever been at this point in our society, in our culture, and so what better than the light to invade the darkness right now, amen? and our steps of obedience. And so um, grab the hand next to you. We're gonna ask the Lord and you pray for that person and you pray for opportunities uh, for with that person in this coming year as we go to the Lord and we continue in worship. Jesus, we just come. We just ask God that you would come and you would use Coleman's testimony this morning of getting that first time to be able to see your faith really come alive in someone else. Man, there is nothing like that feeling. For there to be somebody that's completely dead and it to come back to life through Jesus. There's nothing like that feeling. And I pray that if somebody's salvation has just been torn up this year and it's, been a, it, it's just been hard, it's been a difficult year and they hadn't even thought, the, it hadn't even crossed their mind to share the gospel this year. I pray that you return to them the joy of their salvation that they would remember what you have done for them, that they would not just exist in culture, they would not just exist as a father, a mother, um, as a husband or a, as a wife, they would not just exist as a teenager, but God, we would have a desire, a deep desire within us for the supernatural rebirth of what Christ has done and what he wants to do in other people. God, we ask that you would use every thought that's going across every person's mind, that one person, that multiple people that they're thinking about, we pray that there would be a pursuit happen this year, that we would see people come to know Jesus because of what happened in this room today. God, we believe you're in the business of not just um, saving people within the church. God, you are into the business of doing it again outside of these walls. We ask that lost people would come running, not to the church, but to people from the church that our lives would pose a question in such a way that they would have to know what's different about you. And I pray that we would be able to share our faith in the way that we are called to as believers. Pray for this worship set as we sing these songs. We wouldn't just sing songs. I pray that you would stir our hearts to realize that we are alive in such a time as history as this, not just for ourselves, but for other people, as Philippians chapter two would say, that we would invest ourselves in the interest of other people this year. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity that's before us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good to see each of you. Thank you for being here. I wanna say thank you to those who are joining us online as well. Appreciate so much your faithfulness. Uh, beautiful first service that we had. Uh, just grateful uh, that you've joined us for the second service. Uh, it's kind of cold out there. I got you in here quick, didn't it? So that just happens. Some of our security guys were like, man, I had to draw the, the cold morning. Sorry, 
Right. Uh, but hey, love you. Thank you for being here. Uh, this is in front of us is the manger. I've kind of set this up. Uh, the letters went out and then we kind of talked about it over the last couple of weeks. The manger offering Sunday, when we do that, that has become such a beautiful, rich tradition for us as a church. Uh, we love it. I'll talk more about kind of how we do it in just a little bit, but it's been a beautiful time for us as a body of Christ. And what what I think the biggest joy for me is as a senior pastor is when you watch the manger offering, when you watch the body stand and come around a worship center and come in front of the altar and, 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 and to this manger and lay your gift there, you come in one accord, one voice, one heart, one purpose for one king. That's what we do it for. And, and some people may say, well, it's kind of showy, preacher. You know, you walk up to the front and for everybody to see you. Let me say something to you. That is not the intent in what we do, and that's not the heart of the people that do it. And, and I pray you realize that. We don't do it for people to see us. The Magi, as we're going to read in just a little bit, they did not come on that journey to see the king all right, for the purpose of them being seen. They came to see the king. They say it from the very get-go while they're here. They've come to worship him, and that's why we do what we do. And, and I'll talk more about the format of that in just a little bit. So I want you to go to your script, to the, to the Bible, to the Word. This is where we, this text here is where we take the manger offering. We've been doing it, I think, since 09. We did it a couple of years uh, in the little church, and then we've done it for 10 years in here. Um, but we've been doing this based out of Matthew chapter 2. If you have your Bible, go there with me. I want to read this, the text and set everything up through that, and then we will take the offering in just a little bit. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, the visit of the Mag Magi. Uh, I'll begin in verse 1 if you'll follow with me. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together the, the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is Christ was born, to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Verse seven. Then Herod called all the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and he said, go, make careful search of this child. And as soon as you find him, you report to me so I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard this, heard the king, they went on their way to see the star that they had seen in the east. And it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. And they opened the treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. 
That's the text of what we do. I want to mention a couple things real quick. As you see right off the bat, the Magi in verse 2, they said from the get-go, we have come to worship him. The minute he walks in, the minute they walk in to see King Herod, they, they, they claim and they state why they're here. I don't want to mess up your nativity scene, okay? I promise. But we see this as three magi or wise men because of the three gifts. But understand there were hundreds of magi that came. This journey to see the baby, it, it took upwards of two years, probably not two years, but close to two years, okay? They walked the whole time. Some donkey, some camel, but mostly walking, okay? Now, that is some kind of Nike flip-flop, okay, or sandal, all right? That's a lot. They didn't walk on this nice, pretty fescue yard. They walked in dirt and rocks. They came, man. This prophetic word that was given was given seven hundred years before. They knew that. They knew what that star meant. And when they set out for that journey to see the king, they walked in and told King Herod, we are here to worship him. That is beautiful when you hear that statement. 700 years of prophecy. And I want you to see something. Verse seven, if you have your own Bible, only if you have your own Bible, okay? It says that King Herod called the Magi secretly, all right? And found out the exact time the star had appeared. And then he says to them, all right, that when you get there, I want you to come back and tell me so I can go and worship him. If you have your own Bible, and only if you have your own Bible, you may write in the margin, big, fat lie, because that's a big, fat lie. That is not what he wanted to do. Let me tell you what he was going to do, kill him. That's all he's going to do. He's going to kill him. That's all that he was intended to do. There wasn't any worship intended by Herod at this point, all right? He He knew about him, and he wanted to find him, and he wanted to take him out. That's why they returned. When the angels spoke to him, they went a different route, and you will see later that that's when they took him to Egypt to get him away from him, and then the rest is history. Big fat lie if you think he's going there to worship him. Sweet, but it's a lie, all right? So I want you to see the order here that these things happen, and I'll set up the manger. As they walk in, I want you to see in verse 10, when they saw the star, these are the magi. These are the people walking for almost two years. Do you think there's a little measure of frustration? Do you think there's a little bit of attitude along the journey? Do you think a little bit of beat down, tired, given up, questioning, wondering, did I see the star? Is that a prophetic word from God? Can that be trusted? They're just, they're grinding. And they never lost hope. They didn't just lose hope. Their crowd gathered and grew as they went because other magi knew what that star meant and joined them on the journey. They, they absolutely came, and it says that they were overjoyed. 
Coleman, who did a great job this morning talking about joy of leading someone to Christ. I remember when Brandon, his dad, and, and Coleman, we had the little house out here, and we had offices in there, and I had an office in there, and Brandon and, and Coleman came on a Wednesday night to talk to me about when Coleman accepted Christ. He was nine years old when he accepted Christ, and we were talking about that, and I knew at that moment when he was nine years old, I knew God had written something on Coleman's heart. Coleman was set apart. He was a different little dude, man. He saw it different at nine, and he still sees it different today. And I knew God had written something on his heart. And for Coleman to walk on a campus that he really wasn't tickled pink about being at, but not griping, because I'm sure some of these magis like, seriously, it's 110 again, and we got to walk some more? I mean, where's the cold front? Amen? I mean, can you imagine walking out there? You know, they didn't get this paradise weather. There wasn't this bubble they walked in. They were walking out in it, and, and it was rough. And I'm sure Coleman had things like, man, I don't want to be here. I don't want to participate, so I'm just going to go hide and play baseball. But God had written on his heart more than that. God had set him apart for such a time as this. God had burst something in him at nine years old, and it's called joy. His name is Jesus, and he couldn't bottle it up, and it oozed out of him, and people saw different about him. He was light, and God put him in a spot that needed some light, and he didn't hide it. He began to share it, and who is a freshman? His freshman year, his fall semester as a ball player has birthed in him a desire to do a Bible study with some of his teammates in a dorm room. Who gets interrupted at 1230 at night from a kid looking for light, knocks on the door and says, hey, we reading tonight? You could easily not open the door. You could easily say, no, I'm tired. You could easily say, no, I don't feel like it, man. He'll find somebody else that can read. I'm not the only person in Borger that can read. But he led him in, and he read the word, and the word came alive in his life and changed his life, man. And he got to see a buddy of his come to Christ. See, you'll never take that away, man. That joy right there will never be squashed by the world. These guys came, man, hard journey, and they found joy when they came into the house. Look at the order real quick. Verse 11, on coming to the house. Mm, on coming to the house. Sometimes it takes effort to come to the greenhouse, amen? Tough week, tough circumstances, tough week coming up. You're like, I'll just mail this one in, honey. We can watch it online. Or I'm too tired, I don't wanna go. But you make the journey, you make the, make the effort to get up, get dressed, and come to the house. Come to the greenhouse. Kind of like working out when you don't want to. Sometimes turns into your best workout. You come to the house. And sometimes you come to church when you don't want to, and God shows up in a way that you never expected in a rocky world. He will always reward the effort you make for him because you can absolutely guarantee that his faithfulness you cannot outdo. He's good. So they came to the house, and they saw the child and his mother, and look what they did. Can you imagine these guys? Almost two years walking. They fall down at the feet of the king. Whoo! Can you imagine, man? You ever heard a word from God and you know it was God, but he hadn't done it yet? And you hold on to the promise 
and you hold on to the promise and you hold on to the promise and people try to talk you out of the promise and the world tries to beat it out of you, but you know it was God, you know it was him and then he finally does it. I'm telling you, all you can do is bow down. They bowed down and they worshiped. That's what we're gonna do as a church because he's been what? Good to us individually, but he's been good to us as a church. Very good to the church. And they presented their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then it says they changed their route going home because the angel told them this is what Herod's up to. And let me tell you, you're always wiser when you seek the king <laughs> and wise men still seek him, amen. They went a different route. So the manger offering comes off this text of Matthew chapter two. And that's what we're gonna do as a church. We're gonna, in a little bit, we're gonna come together as a church and be led by preschoolers that we're gonna come in first, okay? And they're gonna come and give their gifts to baby Jesus. And then the children will come. And the children will get to come all the way around. Some of the preschoolers, we don't let make the journey all the way around. Number one, <laughs> they may escape. <laughs> and number two, they may see mama. And when they see mama, it's all over, okay? So we don't let them do that. Right? We just take them in, take them out. But the children get to go all the way around because we assume they're a little more mature. And then they get to come through. Uh, my family, Melissa and I, Natalie, uh, Brett's working back, but we'll go next and we'll go around as well. This section will come with us. It's the, I don't wanna confuse you. I got guys that are gonna help you with this. It's the only section that will come from the front, okay? The rest of these three sections come from the back, okay? And then they'll, they'll help you. I've got, I've got police, not bouncers. I got police that kind of help you a little bit, okay? All right. And they're gonna smile at you. They're not gonna go, mm, okay, it's not... We're not trying to bully you in here, okay? But we're gonna go all the way around, each person. So let me say this to you. If you're here as a first-time guest and you just walked in today, December 19th, let's go check out this church, and you walked into the manger offering, you're right now going, what the heck? I don't know anybody here and you want me to get up and walk in front of church? I don't think so. You probably would have already left by now, but if you're still here, let me assure you that you don't have to do that if you're not comfortable, Okay, everyone will come by the manger if you're comfortable to come, okay? We bring tithes and our offerings. Listen to me, I'll say this to you. We've already, as a church, made budget. None of the money today goes to meet budget, okay? None of it. We've done that because of your faithfulness, okay? We've met budget. All of this money taken today will be set aside for what God has for us next. Throughout this year, we have... Uh, the leadership of the church has made three different times a call that we have set aside some money, we put back money, okay, for what God has for us next, okay? This money today will be put with that money. You can call it seed money. We like to call it next money because we believe God has next for us. We just right now do not know specifically what that is. Could it be a, a campus? Could it be land? Could it be adding on here? Uh, could it be remodeling here? It could be any of those things. But we're not gonna move as a church until we know that's God and God says go. And when God says go, we are gonna be positioned to go. That's what we're doing. We're getting ourselves in a position financially and the position to hear him so when we hear him clearly on what's next for us, we're gonna go as a church. 
So if you're here for the first time and you don't want to come by, you don't have to, okay? No one's going to make you, but we're asking the whole body to come as one voice, one accord, one heart, one purpose, and we come and give our gifts to Jesus. We come with joy because he's been so good to us, all right? And we come and give to him because he has been so good to us and he gives so much to us. We give from our gift. We open our treasures and give to him. We've used the manger offering uh, in the past as a church for many different facets. We've paid off uh, debt many times, and we sit here today uh, on 9.2 acres, and all the buildings that you see were all debt-free. We have no debt on the books as a church. And a lot of that comes from, obviously, your giving and God's faithfulness, but us being very smart and wise with how we use God's money. And the manger offering has been used many times to pay off debt, but it's been used many times to build as well or to start a building process. And so we're, we're gonna take this manger offering and, and we don't have debt to pay off and we're not initially setting out to go build right away. We're just saying, God, we're ready. We're ready. When you say it, we're gone. Because we believe and I believe and many of the elders and leadership of this church believe that this church right here is set apart. God has been breathing on this house. God is positioning us. God is setting us up. And I believe this, God trusts this house. He does. And we're living in a day and time that God is breathing on some churches and some churches God's not breathing on. And we, because of his faithfulness and because he's breathing on us, we wanna continue to be faithful and look wide open to what he has for us next. Because listen to me, this world needs a living, active, energetic, life-changing church that is rocking the world for Jesus. And we wanna be the front and center of that church. All right? We wanna be on the front line of that. So as we pass by, that's what we'll do. I've got guys that'll kind of help you. Uh, we won't bottleneck, it'll go real smooth. As you do it, we will worship as well, and then I'll come back up and kind of tie it in. Um, I know many of you are watching online. I wanna say this to you. If you're prepared to give today, uh, great in the house, but no, you can give online or through the web as well. You can just go and choose manger offering. Uh, I'm trying to read this because uh, I'm not all techie, but there's a drop-down menu that will pop down. Many of you know what that means. I'm like, I don't have a fat clue what that is. Menu? I'm not at Sonic. And so I, I don't know what that means. So it'll drop down. <laughs> Some of y'all just got that. Uh, it'll drop down. You click on that. You can give through the website. You can give through the app. Many of you have already done that, okay? But no, you can do that. Anything after today that's memoed on a check that says manger or in the manger envelope throughout now and the end of the year goes to the manger offering. It'll be set aside for that money with the other money that we've put back as a church throughout the year uh, for what God has for us next. Some of you might thinking, how did you put money back, pastor, throughout the year three times and still make budget? <laughs> God's good. God's just good, man. You're good, you're faithful, he's good, and he's faithful. And we just try to be smart with what he does and good stewards of that which he trusts us with. And so we are a healthy church, strong church, and ready for God's next. And we're gonna go, all right? I wanna pray for us. 
and pray over the offering. And then after I pray, uh, the little guys will come in and uh, nothing about being led by kindergartners, huh? You're talking about faith. We try to practice that, right? So we'll start. It's a beautiful time. And the deacons are here. They'll kind of lead you and guide you as we do this together and realize uh, I thank you. I praise you. I'm just so grateful to be your pastor. And I pray you enjoy this time together. Let me pray over the offering. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. God, this is what this is about. As you look down on your church, God, I pray that you smile and you are happy and pleased with what we do and how we do it. God, every bit of this, everything that we do is to bring honor and glory to you. God, our next is not for us to show off, but our next is for you to show off. God, I pray that you will draw all men and women boys and girls, to you. And I pray that many, many will see, many will hear, and many will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God, this money right here goes to whatever is next. But God, what's beautiful is you're already there. You're already there. And we take a lot of comfort in knowing that our God is going before us. And God, our joy is to give to you and to the work of the kingdom. And God, we wait with anticipation in what you're gonna do. God, I pray that you will take every little penny, nickel, dime, quarter, dollar, whatever, touch it and bless it. And may it do immeasurably more than we could ever think or imagine for your glory. God, be honored now as we come to the manger to give to the king just like the Magi did. In Christ's name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.